0: No, oh, 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 man, this be I cannot boy. fall asleep. Gotta keep my hair, and I show my teeth. Smile at your mother, fuck fucking TV screen. Then I slide, and I'm fucking up over race. I wish I was even a word. no jeans hugging me. Got a cold to my crib, ain't no fucking keys. Got a shorty that I love. She love
1: Welcome to the Manly Manly Podcast with Frank and Sergio. I'm Frank, and I'm Sergio and we're here to talk
2: about our experiences in many areas of our lives. We're just two dudes sharing our perspectives. Yeah, we may not be experts, but we have strong opinions that might resonate with you. All right, everybody, so today we have special guest, Reaper. He's a hip hop artist. Today we're gonna be talking about his journey as a rapper and we'll be delving into overthinking and how that affects us, it affects him, and how we can overcome that. What's up, Reaper?
0: What's up? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks Looking for Looking forward here. to the conversation. That's yeah, right. Man. Let's go.
2: That's right. First guest of 2022, baby. So tell us about yourself, Reaper. How did you become an artist?
0: Oh, man. My dad. Oh, yeah? So my dad used to rap. He used to battle rap a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Battle rap. Uh, okay. And like, like Sunset. So. Sunset? Yeah, Sunset Park. Oh, Sunset Park. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he just he put me onto it like when I was like seven or eight. He gave me an, a notebook, and then he was just like like start writing. And that was that was basically it. Before that, I think a month before that, he gave me a laptop, and there was like a bunch of people on it, like a bunch of artists, like Biggie Smalls, uh, yeah. Alicia Keys. Yes. Eminem, Rihanna. So I got like a good mix of things. And I think even Nirvana was on that too. But mm. it was it was just a mix of stuff. And then when he gave me the notebook, I kinda had an idea because he had spit some songs to me and we freestyled like just a few times before that. Like just banging on the wall. Okay. Freestyling. For like a beat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Me oh, and him cool and my mother. little brother. And Yeah, and went from there. I had a couple of battle raps myself in the Bronx. Cool. Uh, No way,
1: dude. How old were you?
0: Like eight. (laughs) You (laughs) battle rapping at eight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. No wonder why you sound, well, I'm going to say this. You sound very polished as
0: as a lyricist and as a rapper. Thank you. Yeah. It's a long-ass fucking process. Yeah. Because it sucked. It definitely sucked at first. You you get to suck until you don't. Right. So, mm-hmm. I lost some, I won some, but... Well, talk, talk about it. What, what happened? Uh, I remember my first one, it was in the shelter, because I lived in the shelter for four, five years. Okay. And, you know, we were in the lobby, because it was one of those, like, more, like, polished shelters. Like, okay. It was in... It was in Manhattan. Mm. I forgot exactly where. Okay. Cause I was I was real young. I, I yeah. forgot exactly where. Yeah. Um but this kid in the lobby, he had I think he had heard us talking about like me writing and my raps and stuff. Mm. He's like, oh no, you can't rap, I, I like you're white, this and that. I'm like, I'm not even white. Jesus <laughs> Christ. But Let's go now, and uh, my dad like set it up, and I was mad nervous. I was like, "Why the fuck would you set this up?" <laughs> <laughs> I just said, "Let's go," because I felt like just just saying something. Yeah, like, I yeah. did not want to look like he puts you on the something. spot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was like I think later that day, and I had to come up with lyrics. And I said, yo, I don't have anything. (laughs) I said, oh, my God. And I remember me talking about locking somebody up in chains or something like that. Like, that's the only thing I remember. Okay. And I wrote everything down. I said, Dad, I'm ready. He said, all right, go downstairs. He didn't come with me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Just left it high and dry. He left me like this. (laughs) So we went downstairs, and there's this little center that everybody hangs out in, like all the kids yeah and you know the, the kid had like his big brother there supporting him okay mm. I just had myself right wow and even his his brother was like damn he's, he's fucking smoked you yeah. <laughs> then, like he did his thing that was it I walked away whoa yeah. <laughs>
2: Yo, from the outside looking in, that's badass. Like, yeah. you came in by yourself, young, just dolo. And then you
0: beat his ass, and he would just walk away. Exactly. His brother was like, yo, he smoked you. I was like, thanks. And I walked away. Wow. And I came upstairs. I was like, I won. And he was like, nice. <laughs> that, that's, that's all he said that's what he said <laughs> I love it that's a great yes. story yo that's <laughs> an epic story dude that, that's your origin story yo seriously that's the first one yeah that is
2: yo that's crazy dude so you talked a lot about your influences and the different music that you were like exposed yeah. to your dad's influencing you and all of that and it's nuts that he was a battle rapper so you already have that in the background so that's how you started yeah so what was your journey like up until now being a rapper I know, that's a long one. Hmm.
0: Shit. Okay, <laughs> Tell so... Tell us the story. All right. So, we started off with that. hmm First in the Bronx, and then when you're in the shelter system, you move around a lot. Yeah. So, there was a period of time we were, like, just in a fixed apartment because we had finally had some type of money. It was still in the ghetto, but we had some type of money. It was around, like, um like Fordham Road. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... If anyone's familiar, like, Washington Ave, I don't know exactly, like, West 136, something like that. Mm. So, we were there in an apartment. It was real shitty. There was, like, you know, rats, bugs everywhere. Mm. Uh, But I was just, I was writing in my notebook for the most part. And we were bouncing around because there were times we couldn't afford to stay in that apartment. So then my dad gave it to his sister for a little bit while we got our money together and she stayed in there with her daughter and we just bounced around between like shelters and I was just riding and I was going through those battle raps mm. you know like in the cafeteria table like yeah everybody just cutting everybody's ass <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so we we did that I usually wasn't good at it because I wasn't good at thinking on the spot. Mm. I'm still not good at it, just like freestyling on the spot. Yeah, I have a wicked pen. I just I can't think of nothing on the spot. And sometimes it's like that. There's some
2: people who be just freestyle, and then when they write, it's hard for them to actually write something down.
0: It got to do with the overthinking, hundred percent.
2: Maybe. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. there could be. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Definitely, like a mental block. Yeah. Yeah. But because when. When I got a little drink in me I could okay. freestyle a bit better. Oh, you're more Because <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't yeah. think too much. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> after that, uh I moved to Brooklyn and Dica Heights. And that was more of like a just like a middle class to like like rich neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: F- you know, because... Fancy uh, Christmas displays. The Christmas lights. Stuff. Yeah. Oh. I
0: was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes there for the Christmas lights and stuff. But, yeah, the, I was there. My my school was, like, 10 blocks away. Uh, in middle school, I didn't really write as much raps anymore. Mm. But I was writing poetry, which is rap in a way. Yeah. But yeah. they were, like, short little poems. Sure. That would, like they would be short but they had some type of like substance right you know what I mean almost like, like a haiku yeah okay. so when I was in middle school people would be like oh like can you write this poem for me uh, uh, like all, all the girls so <laughs> I I wrote this poem for this girl because she wanted it for her boyfriend mm. and she didn't know how to put stuff into words so okay. she kind of told me and then I just wrote it down he found out I wrote it and he was like yo you're mad gay <laughs> oh my god Jesus Christ And now A couple months ago That same kid Wanted to do a song with me
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you rub it in his face? Did you rub it in his No no the- no I, I didn't I didn't hold any Like resentment But It that's was so funny. It was funny though Yeah It was It was fucking funny though And that's what we call Irony That's right Real shit <laughs> And Yeah so Like from there I was just doing A bunch of poems I was sending people them. And I didn't have really like a close knit of friends. Yeah. And the girls that I would talk to for a brief period of time, I would send them some of my poems or some of my songs. Mm. They'd be like, oh, like you gotta get it out there. You gotta like, you gotta record something. Yeah. Or like my eighth grade teacher, she gave me a notebook and you know, cause she said like, yo, like you write beautifully. So she was like, like when you fill up this notebook, like come back to me so I could read all of it. And uh, when you're like big and famous shout me out. Oh that's so and cool. it was like, yeah, that that was just like fuck. <laughs> I gotta I gotta do something now. Yeah. right. But then I got to high school and I didn't do shit. Mm. <laughs> like 9th, tenth and some of eleventh grade I didn't do anything. Okay. I didn't even I didn't even think I, I was writing. But it wasn't like I was doing it every night the way that I would do now. Right. And it would take me so long just to finish something. And I met a friend. We don't really talk now. But um, I met him on a school trip to China. And I had never seen the kid in the school. And my school was pretty small. Oh, wow. Okay. But I had never seen the kid. Mm. This real tall Albanian kid. Mm. He was like 6'5". And you never seen him? i never seen him.
1: <laughs> you thought he was the substitute teacher or something?
0: I, I, don't, I don't know what, like... I had another friend at the time, but we, we grew apart because we were doing two different things. But when I met this kid, turns out he, he was into rap, too. Okay. Like, he, he would write. Mm. And we just started getting closer. I started moving away from the other kid that I was cool with. Mm. And we just ended up going to my basement. Every day after school, with like, like a three hundred dollar Dell laptop, mm. like speakers that my uncle picked out of like a garbage can, and a USB mic, mm-hmm. and that was that was it for a little bit of time. And oh my god, I, the first raps were terrible. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. horrible. Damn. I was I was offbeat. I tried to rhyme things that didn't even rhyme. Mm. <laughs> I was. Just pulling things out of my ass. Yeah. Right, right. And I was saying things that I wasn't about. Okay. Oh, okay. And a lot of rappers now have that problem. But that's a different topic. But, yeah. I wasn't being, like, genuine. Yeah. And my first song to this day that's out, not genuine at all. Mm. <laughs> okay. But it was like that. Then I met another kid that this kid had put me on to. And he made beats. So then now... Every day after I would come home from work, or I would come out of work, or I would come home from school, we'd go to his house. We would just get high out of our minds, Mm. eat Papa John's and freestyle. Yeah. (laughs) And just, he would make beats, and I would start, like, just writing to it. Uh, Mad songs I never even recorded. but (laughs) Just... A bunch of like I don't know it's, it's, it's memories though. Yeah. And I eventually came out with my my first song my senior year. Mm. And I just been doing it ever since. Now it's just me because I don't really talk to anybody anymore. Mm. But at the time I did have a team of people like the other rapper that I was cool with, my producer and we met a few other people there too like other rappers, singers now we were going to more like album releases mm. we were just you know like meeting different creatives Yeah. and then I started going to college in Manhattan and I met even more people like real creative people cause Manhattan is like good for that like a lot yeah. of connections and stuff so yeah now it's just me <laughs> wow, son. For now, yeah. For now, for now. For Who now, for now. It's, it's still very early. So yeah. for now, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that you got back into it. You know what I mean? After yeah, being no. off it for a little bit.
0: I it was the best decision because yeah. it helped me a lot. in My mental stuff. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. Cool. I think a
1: lot of people couldn't relate to that. I. I I know my my story Which I've already told on, on previous episodes Maybe we haven't Released
0: it yet Or whatever But <laughs> this, this is like This is like Therapy Like Just talking It's yeah. still like Some type of Therapy, at least for me. Yeah. You
1: guys do it a lot, but... Well, this is kind of our therapy for ourselves. It's
2: it's true, because then we'll talk about things that we normally don't talk about often, and then once we actually start going into the details, like, oh, well, actually, (laughs) I still feel a certain way about this, or, like, I didn't even think about it that way, or, like,
0: we'll share Because it's also,
2: yeah, because that's the thing, it's two people. If it's just one person, you're not,
1: it's just echo chamber, echo chamber. Some stuff
0: just unconsciously, like, comes out, and you're, like... Oh, damn, I still feel this way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then even still, like,
1: I got to re-listen to it. He's got to re-listen to it. And then yeah. we're like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Like, when we were, I was listening to the grieving episode, I was like, I still do that. I still try to fix people, and I'm not listening to them.
0: That's how... You yeah. said fix people? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: that's how I... Yeah. That's a lot of back. people, though. It's a lot of people. Yeah. And, and with me, like, sometimes I'm listening to the episodes, and I'm like... <clears throat> I'm still dealing with certain problems that I talk about in the episodes and then I listen to him. I'm like, I really sound like, you know, very articulate about this and I'm making a really great point. I yeah. forgot about this point or I forgot about the point he made. And then sometimes it'll be funny because when I'm listening, I might be going through the same thing in that moment or like struggling to like really get process it. And then I'm listening to him like, oh, wow. And it just basically regrounds me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now I can handle this situation because now I'll just remember what we were talking about. Da, 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 da. It's
0: just like that. It helps. Art is cathartic. It helps. I mean, all the things that you guys talk about could help you guys grow, like, Mm -hmm. as individuals. Because, like you said, like, therapy, so you'll look back to these, like, these points that you guys made, and you can, you know, kind of, like, help yourself out. Because yeah. it's it's literally you talking to yourself. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can listen to it and be like, "Oh." Once we shit. get to the five-year episode, we're gonna do a recap. Yeah,
1: man.
2: Oh man. And then look back and be like, "Wow, look how far we come from this." It's just, <laughs> it's just Sergio because I quit. He <laughs> always makes this joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! But um, yeah. No, I I, I I'll feel anxious for sometimes for just no reason. But, um, like, when doing a podcast, you know, and having to perform in a way and, like, be on top of whatever I'm talking about, yeah. I'm thinking a lot and I'm listening a lot. And I'm also the type of guy that can't just sit still. So I'll always be moving. He hates me because sometimes I'll just start touching stuff in his house. And that's all the anxiety, just like, oh, let me just fidget with something. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was a little sneak
1: <laughs> grown up. So I know how to be still. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you could put me in front of a TV when I was a kid and I would just sit there for hours same for hours out. but mm. I, I do get anxious though so I understand
1: oh, but it it manifests differently for different people you
0: yeah. know
1: yeah yeah for him it's more like I active. gotta do something yeah some people can just be still like that, yeah yeah, if, yeah my stillness too. is from my anxiety it translates to like not taking risks it translates to a lot of things but yeah it's just like can't do this because then I'm gonna fuck up and then Whole world, it's gonna explode. Yeah, which is clearly not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, you, you're you know? still, you're breaking out of it anyway. But like yeah. even today, I had a panic attack, first one in a long time. Mm. Really? Yeah, I used to get panic attacks pretty re- frequently, but just out of nowhere, just I, just, I felt it coming on. I acknowledged it, and just took like a mental break, just put my
2: hands, my, my my face in my hands, and just just <laughs> took a moment. Yeah you sometimes need to reset like that but it goes back to like fight, flight, freeze you mm-hmm. know fear but also anxiety yeah freezing being still it goes back to that yeah so it's just funny though because we do have a question amongst our questions which you read
1: yeah that we do talk about like the state of hip hop and rap and all that and where it's going you were talking about how a lot of rappers have a problem being inauthentic mm-hmm. and I agree a lot of it's just fucking putting up a front and it's always been that way,
0: though, if you think about it, historically. Yeah.
2: There's always been some of that, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: like, rap is very, like... I hate to put it this way, but... Big dick energy. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of that's, it, though. That's what it's gotta be. Like, that's, that's how you gotta be. E- e- even, if you, even if you don't got that. <laughs> you still gotta have that type of, like, energy, like, I'm coming correct. Like, I got these chains, I got... This girl like, at this call, like got this car like that's the money. That's what it is, and a lot of people though like, you know the the consumers, the people that are listening to your music, they like you because they want to feel like they got that like oh like I'm I'm the shit. Yeah. Like, I'm this type of person, but then you also have rappers like Kendrick or something that you can just relate to. Yeah. And you could feel like they're a regular person, mm-hmm. and like like they're right there or something. You know,
2: they're more conscious, they're more real. Yeah.
0: And I like rappers that could do both. I like when they could flex on you or also like tell a story. Because Mm -hmm. if you're just flexing, but you don't have any type of substance towards you, then you're nothing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it is a shame that it's been that way because, you know, hip hop. And it's funny because lately I've been watching all of these documentaries about hip hop. And I've been a hip-hop head growing up. Yeah. But, like, actually knowing the history and it's, like, how hip-hop started off as actually, like, something conscious and more about telling a story about the lives of people living in the hood so that everyone else knows about it. Or at least just to be able to have this expression with other people who could relate. Then going into commercial. Yeah. Then going into gangster rap. So then now those make so much money now. Mm -hmm. And conscious music doesn't make as much money. So then all these labels will then want to, like, push, oh, let's do the commercial stuff, let's do the gangster stuff, because that's what sells the most. And then now we have this situation where it's, like, people who want to make money in the music industry focus more on the formula rather than making music that's true to them. And that's the t- problem that you're talking about. Yeah. Right? And it's cool if you know what it is, but it becomes a problem when you have kids who want to emulate that, thinking that that's real. Mm wanted to get the guns and be a gangster and That's have all the money yeah. and, and then adopt these personality traits and then that also feeds into what we were talking about with toxic masculinity yeah. and yeah. Also, also how to be a man and all this and especially and with women too because there's female rappers and then the the rap music even though it's mostly men doesn't necessarily mean that it's all catered to men it's affecting the culture in general so women grow up with some I, certain
0: ideologies I don't like that you have to talk about a certain thing to be popping. Mm. As a man, like you got to talk about how many girls you slept with, or how much money you got, how much cars. Yeah, exactly. And then, as a woman, most of the women rappers that I've listened to have been how many guys they slept with, like like what exactly they did with them, mm-hmm. like descriptions, yeah. or how much they shake their ass. Like yeah. it's it's always been that and that's why I don't listen to some of those male rappers that just talk about that and not anything else yeah. and then I don't respect it either mm-hmm. I I respect what you've done for yourself mm-hmm. you know like you, the
2: hustle yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah I don't respect exactly the message that you're you're sending like the male rappers or the female rappers just saying all this stuff you don't have to tell me how you drank lean last night, Mm -hmm. and you don't got to tell me how much you shake your ass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming for the music. I'm not coming to... Listen like, to things you wouldn't really, like, you know, like you said, the kids are going to emulate.
2: Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's the entertainment factor. Like, you know, you go to a club and you want to listen to a certain type of music that you could dance to and have a yeah, good time. Yeah, up, of right. Course. But then you also want the real stuff, too, where it's like, let me let me know what you're really about. Let me tell me about your life. Tell me about what you're going through. Tell me about what your perspective. Right. My perspective is that there should be a balance. There should be a balance of the fun stuff, the crazy stuff and the real stuff. With the disclaimer of, that's what it is. Don't give me the fun stuff and tell me that's real life. Don't give me the crazy stuff and tell me that's real life. Real stuff is actually depicting your real life. The fun and crazy stuff is just for a different time, a different place, and a different setting. Exactly. Yeah. And meanwhile, most people that consume this stuff, even if they
1: know the lyrics and whatever, they have no idea what it's about. You know, especially if you don't relate to it. You just hear the lyrics and they're they're catchy, whatever it is. And it's mostly about the beat. It's mostly about how they sound and all that. It's this, like, perfect package of something that's consumable. Right. You know, and they'll they'll go with it. That's why when you go to the club and it's like, if there's a Notorious B.I.G. on there and, you know, he's talking about real life shit, Mm -hmm. what he went through, and it's popular. Yeah. But you don't know what he's talking about. Mm. Like, especially <laughs> especially if you're away from the suburbs. Yeah. If you can't relate, yeah. then it's just all like a movie to you. Yeah. We have you to cut what? out what I just said. <laughs> especially if you're away from the suburbs.
0: Well, I mean,
2: but... It's kind of true, but it's <laughs> kind of also like... Yeah. But if you don't relate, or if you don't live that life, and you've never been in the same situations as the biggies of the world, or the people who Biggie are talking to, then, yeah, it's going to look like a movie to you
1: yeah and that's that's true that's a really good point of view and i don't want to dominate from what you gotta say no but it is true that like it's that's the entertainment value we watch violent movies we watch stuff that we would never performatively do in our lives Mm -hmm. we like watching other people do it but we also like watching the good guy win too and all that so like you said there's got to be a balance somewhere yeah. It can't be all just dark, or it can't be all just light. It's mm-hmm. got to be somewhere. Like, it can be there. It can be the the opposite end. Some meet us in between two. Yeah. And that's like you feel good, kind of like, this is real, but this is life. I can relate to this. Here you go.
0: Yeah. If you listen, everybody knows this damn song. No Limit by g Easy. That's just, that's turn. term. You go to the club or something, that's that's always on. That's still on. Yeah, yeah. And it's been, like, I think three years now when it came out. Because that, that's a party song. Mm-hmm. And g is one of, like, my favorites, but he also got real commercial. So, um, eh. But <laughs> at a point he was, mm-hmm. when he was struggling, trying to get to this certain point. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, like, I supported you when you were you know, struggling kind of thing, like one of those fans. Yeah. And then he got real big, and I'm like, ah, fuck you. Uh, Because that's that's not the case. It's just, I just feel like his music got real commercial. Yeah.
2: Because
0: he just talks about what we said. Yeah. About sleeping with these women and doing this and all that. And there was a behind the scenes that he put up, and it was him in the studio with Gashi. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I don't know who Gashi is. He's an Albanian rapper from he's actually from Daika. And he's been successful and stuff, but whatever, they were in the studio and he was like something along the lines, Jeezy said this, like, we're gonna drive the Rari to to Nobu. Hmm. Then he said he was like, I don't even got the Rari to go to Nobu <laughs> <laughs> But it's something you like to hear. <laughs> so it's it, it just shows yeah, it just shows like some people, even big ones, they'll just make lyrics that really sound good and then they feel like the consumer's gonna f- mess with. Yeah. And they'll just run with it. And I, I saw that and I was like, damn, okay then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that kinda of throws my thing out the window because I was gonna actually play devil's advocate and be like, you know what? There are some rappers that when they're starting, they're talking about the struggle, they're talking about their real lives, and then when they make it big, they actually make a lot more money and they're living more lavish lives. So they talk about those things and it's actually still real to them.
0: Mm. Because
2: when you become famous, what happens? You make more money. Now you want to buy the nice things. You get a lot of attention from the girls. So you might actually be telling the truth. It's just that it's not relatable to the to the main public like it used to be. But then when you say something like that, that's also true. There's some people out there like, I don't even have this. I'm just going to say it because it sounds cool. Yeah. I th- The way I see it though is it's business. Yeah. They...
1: Get out of whatever position they were, where they was struggle and hustle and all that, and then they get up top and they get to see how how the sausage is made, as they yeah. say, you know, and they're like, oh, if I just say these things, I'm gonna make like a million dollars this year. Great, I'll do that. You know, and it depends on who they are, if they feel like their integrity is at stake, they may not do that. Yeah, but then you're not gonna be making a million dollars. Exactly.
0: So. It, it makes sense, but then you have people like J. Cole that, like, talks about everything. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, most of the songs that are, like, his most popular are the ones where he's just flexing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No Role Models is, like, his biggest song, yeah. and I heard it not too long ago. I listened to it a lot, actually. Yeah. I still do. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, 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 And it's not even just, like, flexing. It's just, like, him talking. Yeah. Like, him saying, like, yeah, like, I got no role models, but this is who I am, like, you know. And he he's a cool dude, so it's, like, it is business. hmm 100%. percent hmm But I also think, like, how far are you willing to go to, like, blemish your image mm-hmm. in order to get the bag? And, you know... Most of the people that listen to those turn stuff, like maybe like Lil Pump fans or something. <laughs> they're like rich kids, yeah, and really nice neighborhoods, mm. and just they never had a struggle. Of course, he probably has kids that listen to him that have been in it, but majority of them are like like rich kids and gated communities, and they don't have to worry about that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their mom's like a doctor, and. The dad is a lawyer or something. Sounds <laughs> <The laughs> familiar. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you spoke about it. But. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it is business. I just think there's a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point with, like, the J. Cole and, like, the
2: Kendricks, because there is uh, an avenue for people who are more conscious or want to be more authentic with their music. I noticed that with certain artists is like it takes them a while to get to the level of fame and like you know be able to cement themselves in the game but i think that's applicable to any craft like if you want to be authentic it will take you a little longer because you're not fitting into the mold that's trendy now and all that but when you get there you get there and you have a fan base and a following that really cares about what you're talking about
0: you have longevity yes I, I love that word because you it's going to take you a lot longer, but you'll have some type of longevity. So mm-hmm. it's a fucking struggle, but it, it does. So. Yeah. I mean, any
1: wisdom would tell you, like, if you're true to yourself and true to the people around you, you yeah. have nowhere else to go but up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not everybody can hear it. Yeah. But not everybody absorbs it. Right. So it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. So then given all
2: of that, what do you imagine the future of rap will be?
0: These were one of those questions that I just I think <laughs> but nobody has ever asked me. <laughs> <laughs> so you have an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I feel like it's coming like full circle because mm. we had a like lyrical era. Yeah. Mhm. Then we had like a mumble rap kind of era. Yeah. Now we have lyrical rap again I feel like. Mm from a lot of people, mm-hmm. you don't hear the same mumble rap, mm-hmm. at least. And if these mumble rappers are still putting out music, they, they don't have a fan base anymore mm-hmm. because that style is gone. If you didn't adapt to the change, then that's it. Yeah. It's over. You sink. But I do feel like we're kind of blurring the lines between like R&B and rap. hmm Because now a lot more rappers are singing. hmm Yeah, yeah. Me, me included. Well, yeah, but I, I so, like that
1: aspect of what you put in there because you're actually good. Thank you,
0: but <laughs> it's a few rappers try to do it and they fail. But you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna knock it. But it's still like everybody tries to do it. Can I yeah. tell you how how much of everybody tries to do it? <laughs> I was on the one train,
1: and these these two bozos were on there. They're blasting their beat. The beat was fine. It's nothing special. The two of them were tone deaf. Oh man! I don't know if anyone bothered to tell them. And uh, it was kind of mumblecore rapping kind of mm. crap. It was they were trying to harmonize and not even meeting each other halfway. Mm. Like it was all over the place. There was no melody. They kept singing stop after stop after stop, not getting off the fucking train, not even asking anyone for money. Like we're just people just trying to go home. But we're your captive audience, <laughs> and you suck. They're
2: terrible. Stop it. They don't even go to the next car. Usually you go to each, like... Car, car. yeah. They just stayed in that one car. They were committed to that car. No, I could see them, like, whispering to each other, let's do the next one, man. It's like... (laughs) you me your whole album. Oh,
1: my God. No. No one asked for this. No... No one asked you for this either, I bet. <laughs> you just thought you were good.
0: Do you think that that type of, because I don't know, I never really looked it up, but do you think that type of like, okay, I'm going to perform on the train, try to get my name out there. Do you think that type of method still works? Because I feel like it worked a lot better back in the days. It works if you're on the platform and you have a license
1: to do it. That mm. means you're serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're willing to do things legit to get your name out there. That's a good point. I have seen people, like, there was a guy that was playing trombone. He was uh, playing jazz. He was fucking great. I didn't have any money. I gave him a fresh bottle of water. (laughs) And he was very thankful for that. And he was good, though. Yeah. Every every so often, there's performers that that busk on the trains that are good. Mm. Even rappers. But it's just, like... I I don't want you dancing in my face. I don't want you coming here when you're not even good. Like <laughs> go to an open mic or something. Do it yeah. do it out there where you can practice. Yeah. But if, if you have nothing right now and you you're
2: delusional, is what I'm saying. But like that makes well, me wonder if there's like tiers to street performance. Like you gotta be in the cars if you're not that good. Then you get to the platform if you're better and then da-da-da-da-da. The other part of it is like with TikTok it gives these street performers a whole new avenue that they didn't have before. Because, like, I remember back in the days with Facebook when it first started and then people sharing videos and what they're seeing in the streets or Instagram. You'll see videos of street performers, and I'll sometimes look at it, and I'll be like, oh, I've seen this guy in Grand Central, or I've seen him in Times Square, or, or Union Square. And now with TikTok, it's like I see it all the time now on my own feed. Like, there's certain people who I've never seen before. Now they have their own Venmo's. They have all cash these things. App, cash app. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's actually more lucrative. I don't know how much they're making now that with TikTok and well, more exposure. More. They make a lot more now. Yeah, I'm assuming it's more. Is So if you're good and you are, like Frank said, if you're in a platform and one of those busy train stations and you're able to do what you need to do and you have like the cash apps and whatever, there's going to be people who are going to record you and put you on. Yeah. That's and, a good point. I was... This close to doing it.
1: Yeah? Before COVID hit. Oh. I was going to play guitar. Lysian was going to sing and, you know, do her poetry thing. Oh, no way. That's why I got that little guitar out there, the little travel guitar. Oh, okay. That's crazy. Never got to do it. Yeah. Damn. Because the world shut down. Yeah. Now she's (laughs) in a different state, so.
2: (laughs) She's a whole other different state now, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. But that was a good question because I never thought about that
0: yeah and you guys put it in a different aspect because I didn't think about it like that yeah yeah knows? Knows? not at all who
2: knows mm. and and you know it's funny because like you're talking about like the future of hip hop and like how it was lyrical now there's people who are lyrical again and they're singing and there was mumble rap. what I'm wondering is like because way before all of this there was political rap and yeah, that seems to have gone away yeah. And I'm actually like Public curious... Public Enemy, something like that. Right. Mhm. And like the underground sound that used to be. Yeah. And I'm just wondering like what's... You know, if if that's ever going to come back.
0: I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Because I feel like now people are a lot more like vocal mm. about their point of views, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to say something in the wrong way. Yeah. But... I do think so, cause I've I've listened to Public Enemy too, and I feel like it will because there's there's been a few types of songs like that. Like if you listen to like Joyner Lucas, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he touches a lot of topics. Yeah, like um, racism or like mental health. I feel like he would do well with that. Like if if he did talk about like more political things, cause you you gotta be like really good to kind of express that because he comment kind of come out the wrong way, but yeah. I think Jonah does a good job at, like, expressing his opinion on it. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Yeah. And people love it. Like, to go way back in the day, like, that's why Tupac
2: was so great, because he was a great lyricist. Yeah. He had a lot of skill. He was very creative. And he had a message. Yeah. Because if you have a message, but then you aren't creative, and you don't have a way of, like, being artistic about it, right, or, or tasteful about it. Right. You can come off as preachy or it just won't land on people because, like, oh, this is garbage. And that's one of the problems now with, like, hip-hop and music in general being so heavy on the entertainment side of things that a message has to be... Crafted in a way where you have the medicine in the candy for people to really like take it in. Because yeah. first, they want to hear that it sounds good, that the person is able to spit and what they're spitting sounds good. Like, oh, this is hot. And then after a while, you start listening, like, oh, they're actually telling me something. Mm. You know? And maybe we can get to a place where now it's more like, okay, I want that conscious hip-hop and that political hip-hop and let me go look for that and here are the people who are doing that and i don't really care so much about whether it's flashy or if it actually sounds as as nice as some of the more entertaining you know hip-hop that's out there you know but we're not there right now we used to be there way back in the day we had more variety in hip-hop and now it's all kind of consolidating more into the way it is now but um i i wonder sometimes like will we go back to that and the fact that you're saying that you know it had you know we have to be careful with our message. That's so true with social media and all of that. Everything can be taken out of context. You know, Very. you got some good rappers out there that are now under fire because people didn't like the way they said certain things, and it's like, I well,
0: don't, I don't like this whole cancel culture. Yeah, like they remember they try to cancel Eminem at a point. Yeah, mm-hmm. you cancel, you can't, you can't cancel Eminem. No, I think for this time, if he was to release whatever he did back in the day. Probably, oh, yeah, <laughs> but you just it it was what it was at at the time, like, yeah, that's what everybody was talking about, so as of right now, I know he doesn't do that anymore, mm-hmm. at least off of the last album that he put out, yeah, which was fire, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I think it would come back in like a form, I guess if more people were getting like trying to spread that Johnny Lucas kind of message yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. and like
2: even kendrick like he'll be conscious and it's interesting with him because he doesn't really step so much into really portraying all the problems that we're facing as a society right like he'll talk about certain things he'll mention some names but he's he's always been where if he's talking about his life and his story he could be descriptive, he could be detailed he could be poetic with it but I've been waiting for him to like really step back and like actually talk about the bigger problems in more detail, yeah. and not be as vague about it. You know, maybe that's just the way he's doing it. But um, speaking of the future of hip hop, uh, we were wondering what do you want to accomplish in your hip hop career?
0: I remember for a while I used to say, I want to be bigger than 50. Mm. But now after some careful consideration, <laughs> I want to be the biggest me. Mm, Okay. Now, because, like, I I love 50 Cent, and he's not the biggest, but I always just aim for it because I really like him. Mm. But I finally just got to a point where I was like, I just want to be the biggest me because I can't focus on somebody else. Yeah. I like that. No matter, yeah, yeah, no matter how much I look up to them, I can't strive to be like them or, like, surpass them or something. Mm -hmm. I just want to surpass my past self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm aiming for now so like just what I'm trying to aim for yeah the biggest me and try to get better at all the different aspects the singing rapping mixing mm-hmm. I want to start making beats too okay I want to do everything yeah like a one man machine I just I always want to do something like I taught myself how to mix yeah it's stuff you could just look up now but yeah it's like just be the best me yeah yeah that's cool and that's, i like that yeah yeah, yeah.
1: And i was just wanted to say like that's that's growth right there that, yeah. that's gonna lead you to further growth not just as a performer or even in hip-hop it's just growth as a human being growth as a um everything really
0: yeah it's it's ironic too because once you start just focusing on yourself you end up actually being bigger than those people
1: yeah, because there is a thing about comparison that just doesn't lead you down the right way because you're always comparing and contrasting. If you're if you are always comparing and contrasting, you're only going to get so far. Yeah. Because you're you're sandboxing yourself.
0: And yeah. even if you got to like this high point, you're still sitting there comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And there's only what's next. Because there's, there's always going to be somebody that's more famous than you or has better lyrics or, mm-hmm. you know, but you could always strive to be better than where you were yesterday mm-hmm. or five minutes ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's yeah. like you got to focus on you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you are not
2: 50. You know, like <laughs> as you develop, yeah, you're literally not Fifty Cent. Like you, as you develop yourself and you continue to master your craft and make more music and and push yourself to be better and better, you're gonna start acquiring skills and developing yourself in ways that is different from him. Yeah, and for you to compare yourself or try to be like Fifty is cutting you off from being able to actually really fully express and expand into all of those areas that will be true to you. And like Frank said, that is that is growth. That's maturity, too, because it's like it's easy for you to point at somebody else and be like, I want to be like them because you're seeing what they accomplish and you're seeing them mastering their craft and you see the end product. But it's like all of that stuff that it took him to get there, you know, you would have to go through that. And you got to
0: master your own.
2: Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to discover who you are as an artist. Yeah. Unless you actually are focused on yourself. You know, us as podcasters. I've listened to some podcasts you know and see how they do things but when it comes to like how we're gonna get better i don't really focus too much on what they're doing unless it's maybe technical like oh what are some things that they're doing to make themselves sound better stuff like that but like in terms of like who we are and like what our message is and how we want it to be all of it is us doing the podcast and learning from that process yeah and discovering oh okay so I'm learning more about Frank's style and I'm learning more about my style and oh, I noticed this, this and this that we don't want to do anymore. Like me rubbing my legs because I'm because I get anxious sometimes and that's not good for the mic sound. (laughs) But, you know, things like that. So we wouldn't be focused on those things that are really important to us and our growth. If we're looking at, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, how's he doing things? Let's do what he's doing. No, let's let's do us so
0: let's do what we're doing
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right but um that's good that you see yourself you know just focusing on who you are as an artist and allowing that open mind to really accept what comes up in your process
0: yeah yeah I'm just taking it day by day mm-hmm. still you know like every month just trying to plan things out yeah for the next year or something and Doing it my way. Yeah. Because yeah. even 50, I, I feel like I got a completely different sound than 50 Cent Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. So I'm just like, I have a different sound. I'm going to have a different audience. Yep. Yeah. I'm just, I have my own flow and my own everything. So yeah, you know, yeah. let five, me just.
1: Five years from now, you're going to sound even more different. You know, yeah. five years after that, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. At first, I just try to sound like this person and that person and that one. I'd even, like, change up my accent <laughs> just to, like, cater towards people because I thought that's what they liked. But I was like, nah, I got to fuck that. I got to do me. That's I'll,
1: true. I'll tell you just to relate. Like, as an artist, you know, doing comic books and stuff, that's what I did when I was 11 and 12. I would copy other comic book, comic book artists and what whatever they put on, like, the covers or in, in the interiors. yeah. Because whatever it was, was like, that
0: looked dope, so you just copied but it that. But did, it did have to teach you how to draw, though. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's but too- it's the same thing.
1: Yep. Like, that taught you emulating other rappers and other artists out there. That gave you something to, sort of speak, chew on.
0: Yeah.
1: So that you can actually experience what that feels like. Mm. And once you know what it feels like, then you
2: start to branch out and do your own stuff. And that's where I'm at today, is doing my own stuff. Exactly. So, That's the beauty about art is, like, you have to be true to yourself, but you can't just act like your influences aren't, you know, intertwined with your style. Like, I used to dabble in making hip-hop, too. Like, I would write, and I have the machine at home, and I got the MIDI keyboard and all that. Really? Yeah, I do. I still have (laughs) it. The MPC? Uh Uh-huh. What? The beat? the, beat, the, the drum machine machine. Yeah, drum it's machine, called yeah. machine, yeah. Oh, the machine. Yeah, that's, that's what it's thing. called, yeah. Okay. So oh, I got fine. the drum machine, I got the MIDI keyboard, and when I first started, I started, like, in my mid-20s, and I was just... Because I always wanted to, like, do some sort of music.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'll write, and then... I My brother met a friend who creates beats, and he's a producer. And then he started dabbling into it, and I'm like, you know what? Let me get into this. (laughs) So I got the equipment and all that, and I started trying to make beats, and everything was just very, like, beginner, novice, rudimentary stuff. And it's funny because the same thing happened to me. I was trying to sound like I'm a tough dude, and I'm doing these crazy things. It's so funny how easy it is to just lean into that. And then after a while, I just stopped because I... Had the wrong expectations about it. I wanted to start creating music so that I could start so I could be successful in music, not to actually enjoy myself in creating music. Yeah. And I guess I put too much pressure on myself and I just stopped. And then I was like, you know what, maybe this is just not for me. And then after years of like not even thinking about it, having the equipment in their boxes, (laughs) I was just like, you know what, let me bring it out. To this day, I still haven't touched my MIDI keyboard or my machine, but I'm writing lyrics every, you know, when I'm on the bus. That's good. You know, every once in a while I get a stroke of inspiration. Or if I listen to a song and I like the beat, I'll look for the instrumental, start writing to that. I've done that. Yeah. Because I I don't know how to make a beat, but I'd rather get a beat and then work on what I am actually want to say. And then it's funny because now when I actually write, it's not about those things. It's really about what are my feelings, what are my observations, and what is it that I'm going through and what is the artistic expression there and I'm not really thinking about it. I'm like all right so I'll write a line and after that I'm like and then start I'll start thinking about oh what type of rhyme scheme I want to have because I'm I always want to have a sort of rhyme scheme and I want it to sound at least interesting to me and then I'm like all right so that's cool but then now I gotta go back and see all right am I even making sense now now that I'm focused on the rhyme you know and I'll edit it and I'll go through it and then, and then after a while I'm like okay cool like this feels good to me. I like doing this and I don't want to put that pressure on myself and set these expectations. I yeah, want to actually no. just enjoy the process.
0: You can't do that. You have to do your own thing because, mm-hmm. like we said, music is a form of therapy. A lot of artists can agree with that. So, it's like, if it's your therapy, why are you trying to mimic somebody else's? Yep. So, it's like, fuck it, like, do you. I've, I've gotten inspiration off of people there's a difference between inspiration and imitation exactly exactly and that was a
2: distinction that I wanted to make sure that we made that's exactly
0: yeah. it I don't need fucking these bitches fucking I thought you had a slide
2: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unmanly Manly Podcast with Frank and Sergio. You can find us on your favorite platform like Google, Spotify, Apple, and others. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Unmanly Manly Podcast. No underscore and no punctuation. See you next
0: time.